0: Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall.
1: Hello and uh, welcome to this segment on CIO Talk Network. And to learn more, please visit CIOtalknetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter and look for this show as smartcity. The topic for today' uh, show is how smarter are smart cities now. And our guest for today's show are Otto Dahl, who's the CIO with City of Minneapolis. Hi, Otto, how are you? I'm uh, fine. Great, great to have you. And we have Scott Carden, who's the CIO of City and County of Denver. Hey, Scott, how are you
2: doing? I'm doing well. Good morning.
1: Good morning to you. And uh, we have Tori Martin, director of Smart ATL with the City of Atlanta. Hi, Tori, how's life? Hello.
2: Thank
3: you. How are you guys doing this morning?
1: Good, good. So we have a quite uh, you know prestigious set of leaders here, and love to talk about smart cities. We started talking about this subject at the very uh, inception when this was still an idea, and people were putting it in a sandbox and say, trying to see what they were doing. Now, a couple of years down, number of uh, cities who have claimed that they have become smarter cities, and millions and millions of dollars spent into it. We have to see where we are. How far do we have to go? And the company, the organizations, the cities who have really claimed that they are smart now, how smarter are they? What, what has changed? And the ones who are waiting for this to happen with them or just getting started or somewhere in between, what learnings they can have? So let's talk about the, the, the definition of smart city. When we started, we said, okay, we'll have smart water, smart waste, smart other types of management. What is truly a definition? And I'd like to start with you, Otto. What do you, how do you define a smart city?
4: Well, to me, a smarter city is one that applies technology to help make a city safe, livable, economically viable, run well, and protect its environment while eliminating disparities. And, you know, those are, of course, somewhat aligned to the vision and goals of the city overall here in Minneapolis. But that's what I look for uh, relative to saying is somebody really being smart, because smart cities isn't strictly coming from technology use. There's also other things involved.
1: So when you say this, Scott, I'm going to come to you based on Otto's response. I could have said that five years ago that organization is trying to be smarter, and it is trying to help the citizens live a safer life and have more opportunities for everyone and everything that otherwise any citizen would demand and what government is supposed to deliver. So, what's different? Why, why we have this word "smart" in there, and we've tried to apply technology? What's so or shattering, or is this just a better mousetrap?
2: Well, I, I really liked Otto's answer, and I'll, I'll I'm going to take the answer a little different direction. So, you know, your question was, "What is a smart city?" And uh, you know, I had the opportunity last week to attend the uh, Smarter City Summit where you know forty two different countries are represented so as you can imagine cities from all over the world and I want to you know kind of flip the conversation for a minute and and a very frank conversation was had last week you know there were mayors there were other technology people vendors I don't know if there is a model that everybody can point to and say that's what a smarter city looks like uh, I'll say the thing that Denver has gotten better on the last 12 months you know, as you may know, we competed in the Smarter City Challenge and we made it to the Final Seven. Uh, I think the best thing about that challenge was it forced us as a city to come together to figure out when we're going to solve or we're going to put something under the smart city moniker, how we're going to work and govern um, and solution that challenge as a city. Whereas I would say a year plus ago, uh, the vendors and the partners would come in and they would meet with me separate than meeting with traffic and separate than meeting with the mayor's office and separate than meeting with uh, you know safety, for example. And I would just say the evolution, I think, is more intercity in terms of how we're getting organized about how we're going to tackle problems uh, using, you know, uh, benefits of a smarter city, if you will.
1: So Scott and Otto, both of them as CIOs, have of course many other things to do besides, of course, working on the smart city. Now, Tori, coming to you, you are the director of Smart ATL, the very, uh, very group, if you will, or uh, or, or uh, the person who's responsible for making sure the smartness of a city is pivotal to what you do every day. So what is the ask from you by the legislators, by the government, by the CIO, and everybody else?
3: Uh, Right. So um, I I agree with um, the other two speakers today about the definition. Um, Everybody has a, a little bit different. So what I really have been tasked with is basically... Um, leveraging technology um, and the data, and take a data-centric approach to improve um, what issues are facing our city. And for the City of Atlanta, we're focusing on mobility, public safety, and sustainability. And we want to ultimately enhance the well-being um, of our citizens and foster um, economic growth for the city. So I'm tasked with looking at each potential project evaluating that project, matching it back to um, either a mayoral priority, or a citizen issue, uh, whatever it might be, and then ranking that and putting them as a priority to, okay, this is something that we could potentially move the, um, the needle in either mobility, public safety, sustainability, or economic growth. So that's what I'm tasked with to look at every day on a daily basis. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the person that's filtering all um, the vendors that come in saying, hey, we have this type of solution that can assist you with your smart city, um, initiative so I'm just trying I, I basically I'm the holder of the portfolio to just make sure that we are all focused on what the true objectives are for the city
1: so Otto either I could be predicting weather and calling it similar to or maybe I could call smart, making a city smarter as like predicting weather or I could basically work with a mindset that I have to deliver quarterly results to a shareholder in a, pro, or a public company In both of those cases, we are supposed to deliver something, but in one, there is a lot more accountability than in the other. So when we talk about smarter city initiatives, is this predicting weather type of effort or delivering a shareholder quarterly report?
4: Um, You know, to me, again, it's aligned to what it is that's important to um, a city's ecosystem and to what um, it's residents and businesses want out of their government. So, you know, to me, the the areas that people are looking for are trying to ensure that, you know, goods and people can move around the city, um, that they can get in and out of the city Um particularly our visitors, uh, you know, how do you interface your road system with your light rail and now with the bicycle craze and other modes of transportation, et cetera. And so to me, that is um, the ultimate focus is on outcomes uh, within your city.
1: So what you mentioned right now is the focus and totally get it where you want to take it. However, the progress is what I'm asking is in terms of execution. Is that execution happening in a way to say we are working on it, it's work in progress, or you've got very specific start, like you know rigid project plans, which are working towards checking a list, checking a set of projects, which you get done and say, okay, now this is where I am with the Holy Grail.
4: Um, Well, I... I agree. I think we do an awful lot of project this and project that because of the way that we spend our money, the processes that we use. We're very project-based in government. We're also very one-time funding in government. And so some of the dynamics of how government operates drives the approach which we end up using to accomplish um, the outcomes that we desire.
1: So, Scott, when we look at this whole execution and the way uh, people are working towards it, are you looking at this as a change of mindset first within the city and its workers before you can tackle The smart city challenge because, of course, you can deploy as much technology as you want, but people, if the the regular government workers who all need to come together and different departments have to come together, if that mindset doesn't change, then God bless us all.
2: Yeah, well, I think a couple points that have been brought up that I just wanted to, 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 you know, highlight. You know, one, I think this is more of a journey than a destination. I, I, I liked your holy grail comment. I, you know, I don't know if there's a, a, a point on the map we can say, you know, when we navigate this, we're going to end up here. Uh, I think one of the best things we're trying to do as a city, uh, and real quick, under the smart city umbrella, I mean, things are starting to happen on a one-off basis. Like, for example. Um, we have the if folks are familiar with the shot spotter technology here, and I know it 's not unique to denver uh, but that 's something that we use uh, in the safety to triangulate potential gunfire. We have various irrigation systems around the city uh that are you know um, connected to the internet, if you will, so they can be managed remotely. I mean, so there are many smart initiatives that are underway that at the time solved a specific business problem. And I I think to what you're asking me is we're starting to get better programmatically uh, about how we're trying to plan the plan. So before I think we go execute any further, um, I think we're trying to understand what problems are we trying to solve, whether it's mobility, it's traffic, it's, um, uh, for example, IBM was in here on a Smarter Cities initiative around homelessness in the region. So I just think we're being smarter about developing the program before we go execute.
1: So, uh, Tori, when you look at the type of projects that were picked up, and and since you're working in that specific group, is there a specific prioritization and rationalization that's being done with respect to the initiatives which will make most sense when an organization, like a city, basically, trying to move towards becoming smarter?
3: (coughs) Um, I think there is. Uh, so the approach that we took here in the city was um, no, normally, like you know, my co-hosts, uh, my co-speakers um, have said, you just buy technology to try to, and throw it out there just to solve some type of problem that is currently facing you or that you think is the problem. So our approach is more so we take a step back. We said, we okay, we need to collect data first, and what we take this data to do is to to just level set and just benchmark where we currently are to actually see and identify what the problem is. And and then from that from the identification of that problem, we could then develop KPIs to actually see how we actually measured it. And then from there, we could actually start developing um, solutions to address those specific problems. And then once we get to that part, we, we have what we call um, our little pilot phase. So what we like to do, we like to start at an intersection. So we've identified the problem. We've identified the KPIs. Now we're going to deploy this technology in an intersection to kind of see how it's working. Then from that intersection, we, we do it to a bigger uh, uh bigger uh, luncheon pad, which might be a corridor, and then from that corridor we go to a district because at those various levels you're going to find different things that you wouldn't necessarily have found out in the smaller test pilot, and then from there you go to the citywide, smart city um, deployment phase. So I think it's that that taking that uh, data-centric approach, as I talked about earlier, to kind of really baseline where we currently are and then actually using that data to develop solutions to address those problems.
1: Otto, I'm going to piggyback on Tori's response. So it's terms of rationalization and prioritization. Do you think we are still hazy about the challenges and the opportunities we need to overcome given a a specific city? Because you have a specific set of functions you deliver. You have a set of criteria based on which they have to be delivered. So it should all be known, or is there still some esoteric areas or something uh, you're finding between the cracks as you go about the smart city initiative
4: yeah, most definitely, um, towards my previous uh, example, um, you know what what modes of transportation will be made use of in the city? How do you deal with uh, the evolution of cars to electric cars to driverless cars? Um, you know street cars are something that is being considered here, so you actually have to take into consideration what is the future of other sorts of, whether they're technologies, approaches, policy orientations that are going through governments and countries, um, and you have to some degree understand or take a a stab at what does the future hold if you're truly going to build um, an ecosystem here through technology that can support the way a city may want to or needs to move in the future.
1: Let's take a quick break, Listers. We'll be right back after these messages. And let us uh, I'll come back to you, Scott, and let's talk about the level of collaboration that ought to be happening because there is learning already in other cities. Are we just trying to find our own uh, set of problems and repeat those mistakes, or is this a... Uh, a nationwide or a global initiative whereby, from by design, you don't just kind of do your own discovery, which could have very well leveraged somebody else's, and move faster and smarter. No pun intended, because it's going to be a smart city. So please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
5: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOtalknetwork.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, uh, so Scott. My question is how smart are we being in terms of uh, working on our cities in terms of making them smarter and and i 'm referring to the collaboration because there are there is this is a path less uh, traveled, however, it has been traveled by others, so how much of that learning is mentioned?
2: yeah, yeah, no great question i 'm going to go back and reference something I said I think on one of the first questions which is. Uh, you know the, the smarter cities challenge that the US Department of Transportation came out with a it was great and it was i thought it was great for them to say hey we don't have the answers either and what i thought was interesting in the process as you can imagine as a participant we were asking a lot of questions in the beginning like what are you looking for right how can we frame our response and i think they were very open and vulnerable back saying we don't know what it looks like that's why we're doing this challenge so we, you know their response was we'll know it when we see It Uh, but if we knew what it was, we wouldn't be doing a challenge, right? They would be executing and and doing something, and so I think that that's just uh, an example of of Denver as well. Um, My example earlier was go back a year when uh, you know, pick your partner, pick your vendor, they would come in and meet with me differently than meeting with Public Works, and so in the past, we never collaborated. In the city, uh, and I live for example, I love what Tory 's doing in Atlanta. I mean just his position in general. i think it 's very m- methodical pragmatic uh, It sounds like a great model uh, I, I think in denver 's case, it took this smart city challenge to bring us together as as a governing group that in the future, when we tackle smart city initiative and challenges. Uh, It won't just be me at the table as a technologist. I'll be at the table with the mayor's office. I'll be at the table with, you know, Public Works, uh, Office of Sustainability. So I think to the heart of your question, um, collaboration in the city is something we, Denver, um, had to mature and had to get better at. And I think we're poised well for the future, uh, acknowledging it's been a very um, uh, learning past year for us.
1: And see, when you say the word collaboration, I'm actually referring to, of course, within the city, but even more so across cities, so that this is never seen as, oh, city of Denver is trying to become smart, versus city of Atlanta or Minneapolis.
2: Okay, thank you for the qualifier. So, yeah, so a key part of the challenge, and I would say we embraced it. We thought it was something that uh, uh, we were looking forward to. So part of the smart city challenge, by the way, is that the model had to be scalable and portable, and so one of the first things we did, we, we were were part of the final seven, there were 78 cities that participated. We reached out to every city who uh, did not make the final uh, cut, if you will, and invited them to participate as part of our collaboration. And so I think everybody knows by now Columbus, Ohio is the winner of the challenge. So we are ready to collaborate with Columbus. Uh, We're ready for Columbus to collaborate with us. I I think you're right. No one city is going to solve this alone. I I think the collaboration is moving forward are going to be key, and I think the Smart City Challenge did a great job of reinforcing that. They want to take that model and make sure that's portable and scalable to other cities as well.
1: So, Tori, I'm sure you did not grow up knowing about smart cities going to come to you when you mm-hmm. are at this level, right? So, All so right. where are you going for learning? You're just looking at other people. So, is a blind leading blind or is it more a, a, a thought leadership standards pool or or a global consortium, which actually is working towards building that not maybe a 100% what like a unanimously uh, agreed upon model, but at least something which you can look up to. Where are you going for that?
3: Uh, well, that's a good question. So what we've taken, um, I've actually reached out to various cities across the country and also have inter- um, interactions with um, um, people from Barcelona, uh, which is considered the gold standard for a smart city. Um, so I really reach out to them to try to get lessons learned, things about hey, if you could do it over, what would you have done differently? Um, so I definitely think it's something that I try to not make the same mistakes that have already been made um, by other cities and I try to learn from that and so I, I, I literally probably weekly reach out to various cities from Chicago to Austin um, to Kansas City um, and then of course also we have connections um, um, in Barcelona. So I think it's just pulling us all together to try to just build this, build off the lessons learned from each city. I think it's Um, The approach that we've been taking.
1: So, you said Barcelona being a gold standard. Can you tell why that is?
3: Well, I think it's because they started out at an early time when nobody else was really thinking about um, smart cities. And so, they really kind of proved a lot of these ideas that we're talking about today out over the course, because I think they started back in the early 90s looking at becoming a smarter city. Um, And one of the things that um, they realized is that, you know, the biggest enabler for smart cities um, is fiber. So, you know, they deploy the fiber through uh, throughout the whole city, and that just led to all of these other capabilities of what they can do. Um, so I think that just having that, that foresight to envision and believe that that's where cities and that's where technology and that's where government operation was going to lead to, I think that uh, set them apart from people right now.
1: So, Otto, if I were to request you to go to Barcelona, spend whatever time you have to get literally their blueprint and try to implement in your city, what would prevent you? What, what would be the anomalies or, 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 or uh, deviations that you will be forced, even though that you know this is it, so the life is good, right? So you have a blueprint, you can go and execute on it.
4: Yeah, well, you know, I have a saying that uh, there's no such thing as best practices, just somebody else's practices, and um don't get me wrong barcelona and a number of cities around the world have made good progress as i think we all were saying before uh no one has all the pieces to the puzzle uh put in place and so it's like anything else i can learn from anyone i think the city can learn from anybody But it doesn't necessarily mean that um, I feel that anything can just be lifted up and moved without some degree of potentially tweaking, modifying, maybe even completely changing some of the focus um, of what others have done. And I would add, you know, one of the other challenges is, and people don't like to talk about this, but let's face it, we're in competition with everybody. Um, And unfortunately, we're in competition with cities all over the globe um, in the sense that, um, you know, that's that's just the way things are. And so to some degree... Um, as much as we might want to partner, and I do, um, you know, collaborate with other cities, um, with other colleagues that are attempting to do the same thing and share things, um, there's always that overtone of how do I make uh, Minneapolis uh, more competitive than the next guy.
1: So why could this not be a cooperation versus competition? What, what, is, what is that? Why, why, as a city, when we talk about business, why is it not moving at a certain pace? We say, oh, yeah, we are not a public, we are a public uh, type of organization. We don't have competition, so we will move at a pace. But when we are talking about really taking the city to the next level, you introduce the word competition. Could you define what you mean by that competition? Why do you compete with Barcelona or, or any other city for that matter? Uh,
4: we compete for talent. We compete for uh, residents. We compete for businesses to be here. Um, we compete uh, for just general resources. Um, if people were to drain, if, if other cities were to <clears throat> drain our talent, then how can we accomplish things? Um, uh you know, IT is a perfect example. There is far more need than there is talent existing worldwide for IT. And so we're like everyone else trying to attract and grow our own IT expertise. And that's very valuable in today if you're going to try to apply technologies to this world of, if you will, smarter cities. And so, um, you know, unfortunately, we're all in that boat. And, uh, you know, however you want to couch it it's still we're competing for resources and whatever a good example is we we just built a brand new stadium for um our nfl football team all right there was a lot of debate over well let's put it somewhere else well it's a huge economic engine for the city because it's in the city sure would we have gotten some benefit maybe if it was 10 or 20 miles away Possibly, but because it's here, it becomes an engine for growth. It's completely redone a whole other part of the city. So, you know, this gets played out uh, in many different ways. And, you know, we're lucky to have that. There's not a lot of cities that have um, an NFL stadium in them, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Hey, hey, Sandro, could I expand on that? This is Scott, right? Correct. This is yep. Scott. I'm sorry.
4: Yeah. So, so actually, I I want to wholeheartedly
2: agree with Otto. In fact, a comment was made last week at, at the New City Summit. If cities were businesses and corporations, they would represent the most competitive landscape we have in terms of, of competition from a competing for businesses, competing for residences, residents and resources. So I, I just want to concur that it is a very competitive landscape. And then you brought up a point earlier about, um, you know, is this a cooperation or competition, something to that effect? And, and, I, and I do want to say that it is a competition, you know, and it is hard to pick up those blueprints and implement. Like, for example, we talked about Barcelona, uh, each on South Korea, um, uh, Denmark is doing a very, uh, I think it's a very cool thing around um, uh, an electronic data management platform. They call it the city data exchange. You know, there, there are elements of that that we'll probably uh, use and implement, but, but my point is it, it is a couple fronts. It's hard to pick up one blueprint and implement it in your backyard, so to speak, and I just want to reinforce the the competition thing. Uh, we feel it, we see it, and I, I think it's a very real thing.
3: Uh, this is Tori. Can I add just one thing as well to that? Um, I, I do agree with them as well, but I also would just want to add that uh, it's a competition that leads, uh, in, my, uh, in my belief, to cooperations. For instance, when you're dealing with traffic management, especially in the city of Atlanta, we have various regions that really impact our, uh, that is a part of our metro um, area. So if you can have that, that traffic management system, not just work in the city of Atlanta, but spread throughout other jurisdictions that touch and border you, um, I think that lends itself open to uh, cooperation so that's when we we partner with um, um, our Georgia Department of Transportation and the local um, cities the other municipalities to kind of bring that for that opportunity to integrate this traffic management so that's the only thing I want to add to it.
1: So let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and let's talk about what do the citizens want? Did they say that I want, uh, uh, so they, do they have a wish list of sorts which you are pursuing? It's almost like becoming you know, customer-centric organization where you're essentially going to ask citizens or in, that, uh, in a commercial enterprise, a customer, or try to understand what they want and then center everything around it. Is the Smart City Initiative in any of the cities that we talk about across the globe, is it really starting with? asking citizens or some people in ivory tower are dreaming things up please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back
5: from the boardroom to you voice america business network tune in every week for the ellis martin report our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week we look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for informational purposes only. Tune in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Gall.
1: Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Otto, the question here is that in a commercial enterprise, the ones who are really successful, they have their ears to, uh, to the ground, they continually talk to the customers, and align the whole organization around it. And since smart cities an evolution, it's an opportunity, it's it's an area of innovation, It it to some extent should mean that you should be listening to the citizens and let that drive the whole thing versus legislators or or CIO or anyone in the city workers. What has been done to make sure that it becomes a citizen aligned or citizen centric initiative in true sense where they're the ones driving it in a way?
4: Sure, uh, most definitely. Uh, And citizens actually get um, some degree of input because our political process, uh, at least here in Minneapolis, our council members um, have a ward of residents uh, who voted them into office. A lot of them are very vocal about what they want. So, um, or what they see as challenges. um, And so, uh, those end up getting communicated into government, and then we react to that. Now, um, you know, there's a lot of talk these days about how to further engage the public in our decision-making, etc. Um, but most definitely, I think that has always been there, just by the very nature, starting with our political system. The second thing, of course, is we as uh, civil servants, we go out and ask, the public uh, what's going on. Now, one can imagine a lot of the things that are on the mind of the public may not be so much aligned to, you know, if you will, a smarter city, but to something very specific like I want high-speed fiber to my home or, um, you know, I-, I want traffic to be really, um, easy to, to uh, navigate in the city, or that uh, I want government online so I don't have to go down to City Hall or someplace to, to do a transaction. Um, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, there is means, and I think a lot of people out there, just like us, are trying to figure out how to better engage the public, even more so in the workings of the city.
3: Um, This is Tori. Can I add something to that as well? Um, Because I definitely agree with them. that that's the traditional, um, the way of trying to get um, citizen engagement. Um, But one of the things that I've been um, contemplating and think about, and um, I'm actually, I have to bring this uh, before my CIO um, here in the city of Atlanta, is that. I'm looking at trying to actually build in that platform of community um, and resident engagement. So I'm actually looking to create that position or to have that position on my team so that at the very beginning of this, we, we're actually taking that input from the residents and making sure that we're feeding that into our prioritization uh, process as well. Uh, for instance, the city of Atlanta, before we even began uh, really embarking on our Smart City initiative, we had um, a company called Create for Tour from Barcelona that came in and kind of did a survey of our residents. That kind of helps shape the four pillars that um, our residents see as the issue uh, facing in Atlanta. So that's how we came up with our mobility, public safety, um, sustainability, and economic growth. That was based off um, citizen input. And so, you know, from the very beginning, we've tried to look at that. But I want to take it a step further and make sure that that's actually embedded into that process um, going forward.
1: So this listening process, so Otto mentioned that we should have, of course, these few vocal of the community, the vocal community who have, uh, you know, uh, elected uh, officials and they are the ones who we can go to for feedback. Tori, your idea is to build a community. Now, Scott, coming to you, do you think there is a possibility of us listening social? Basically, like uh, in in, in the newer world, where in the commercial enterprises, they're listening to the social conversations. Because most people who you go to, either they will be totally deer in headlights, what are you talking about? Or they would not be able to share what they really want. Sometimes they cannot put it in words. But then if you're listening through the social conversations that may be happening online or other ways of capturing it, then you are essentially learning what they're looking for. But is that, uh, are, we, are we as a city looking at going that direction that most organizations like retail or other form of commercial organizations are already using successfully?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's everything that uh, Otto and Tori elaborated on. And I think the social will be yet another input. But uh, But I think my answer, I, I would default to, there, there's no one avenue or no one mechanism for collecting this feedback. So I think social is going to be a part of it. Uh, we brought in an organization similar to what uh, Atlanta did to do some assessments around one of our pedestrian malls. I, I, my, my answer would be I don't think I, I think the the funnel continues to grow larger with social being yet another great input. And we talked about data collection earlier. I, I think that's another important one. For example, we have, uh, you know, our 311 call center like many other folks do, and I think, you know, the metrics we collect that come through uh, resident engagement through our 311 call center, uh, the social media aspect we collect, uh, the various uh, independent studies that we do, I think all these are mechanisms uh, that help us frame out whatever this smart city program will look like for us.
1: I when you look at the ROI uh, term in this context, that would be when a customer says thumbs up to some of the things that they always wanted, they're getting it. Would you say this is still a soft ROI type of initiative, or you can really connect this to a hard ROI so that the tax dollars which are being spent, which Citizen is equally concerned about, are, are well-spent? and we are all focused on that one hard ROI goal, if possible. Is that, is that even a, a realistic expectation to have with respect to smart city initiatives?
4: Um, I think, at least for us, it's been fairly hard to always show a hard ROI um, because of all the different moving parts and what it really takes to move even an initiative like smart, Smarter City Orientations forward. Um, sometimes we really can latch on and, and people can see a direct connection, but I think it's really, at least uh, here, it's been very, very hard to always say, well, that generated this benefit, um, and uh, it's, it's just one of those uh, things. I think it's, a lot of it is soft, and... Um, Also, the expectations vary so much amongst our residents, uh, amongst our own workforce as to what really defines success, Um, to say then that is, you know, the hard ROI that you're achieving.
1: So, Tori, when we listen to Otto, and and I totally understand where you're coming from, Otto. Now, Tori, do you think we can... Uh, continue to go this route and and still have someone, or, or rather, have no accountability per se. I'm not saying it is not there, but right. but at at what till what point can we go with this haziness and tell you citizens know, we are working on it and not have anything to show for?
3: Right. No. I, I and that's that's the that's the tough question um, because I definitely agree with Otto because it's still so relatively new in, uh, in the United States, um, the smart city initiative. So. I think some of the ways that, at least in the city of Atlanta, how we've tried to put accountability and more caps in place is, by, is through our governance process. So we have like a smart cities team that kind of bets everything, gets budgets together, um, and kind of put together these soft Some might be hard ROIs, and then we present that to uh, our executive governance boards, which consist of city leaders as well as partners from outside of the city to kind of say, hey, you know, this is the right way to go. Um, We think that this could be uh, a potential way to to move forward. But also – trying to offset the liability or the burden on the taxpayers um, by developing these partnerships and having companies to invest uh, and also take some of this risk off of the city um, because a lot of this technology we don't know if it really will work. And so being able to identify and look through this interoperability um, between these various ecosystems and technologies. I mean, I'm sorry, not the ecosystem, but these various technologies that you're gonna be put into your ecosystem, um, is, is is very important. So that's why we kinda of took the approach of um, for instance, we're, we have this demonstration project, which is North Avenue, uh, where we are using this as the platform to test out these various uh, solutions to see if they work, to kind of see if, it, if it's even worth the time and the effort to move forward with it. So I, I think that's going to be the best that you're going to do, at least for the, the near-term future. Um, but I do believe it will migrate and move over to that harder um, ROI.
1: Scott, if I were to request you to inventory the top three challenges which are holding you back from going full throttle on the Smart City Initiative, what would those be?
2: Yeah, uh, ones we've talked about, but I would say collaboration and governance in the city about how we're going to process and funnel these. Uh, I think the citizen engagement is, is another huge aspect um, to make sure that it's part of our process in terms of gaining that feedback. And then I think the third, I think, you know, we're talking around it with this ROI piece, but I think the reality is there's a real cost to to this. So in some aspects, um, you know, to what extent can we uh, execute on some of these ideas and visions and and be methodical in terms of some of the approaches. But those would be my top three.
1: And when you share these top three, are these going to be the same issues when we talk in 2020? Because they no. are chronic, or they are. What is. Why is that a challenge today, and why would it not be a challenge tomorrow?
2: Well, I think it's a challenge today because I'll, I'll just say it was a new initiative, a newer concept, and a newer initiative for the city. Uh, historically, we would tackle things in, in silos. So I just think I, I see that already being close to being a non issue. Like we, we've tackled that one just in the last six months. Uh, You know, I think the economic ones, I'll go back to the example that Otto used around the the football stadium. Um, You know, when you look at the last 22 years in Denver, uh, the investment that was made around Denver International Airport, uh, also a new football stadium, uh, light rail around the city, the infrastructure, the convention center, I think these will be building blocks for the next 30, 25 to 30 years in Denver. So I think as we look to implement some of these smart city things, I think these are investments we're making, not for the next five years, but for the next 10, 20, 30 years in town. Otto,
1: what does this do to the security? Because smart city, in a way, is technology-enabled. Everything is connected to everything. Uh, There could be a single point of failure. There could be other type of vulnerabilities we would introduce, and citizens, while may or may not understand, but essentially you are introducing risk by being smarter. Is that a true statement?
4: Um, yeah, there's there's most definitely um, added risk. I think it's the age-old issue of, uh, you know, some of these dynamics are playing out, like privacy versus security. Um, there's the issue of efficiency versus privacy and security. And so those are... I think there are dynamics that are always there, and um, it's it's unfortunate, but as we know in the security world, that's an ever-evolving environment that seems to get all the more complex and challenging to meet. And we're going to have to continue to meet those challenges, spend the money to meet those challenges, and and that's just the nature of of this business. Um, We all know that um, connectivity uh, opens up all sorts of possibilities for, um, you know, the nefarious parts of our society that want to take advantage of that, and it's just something we're going to have to tackle.
1: Now, we actually spoke about this, and I'll come to you, uh, Tori, for this. We spoke about security as a perceived challenge, and it would be a real challenge when you were to make it a smart city. And it is understood. And earlier, security used to be an afterthought that let's go for it, let's see what it does, and then we will crack it. But then now it has to be a forethought Because with so much going on already, we don't want to be introducing bug in the system and and jeopardize citizens' lives. So while this, this problem has been there, and yes, the security landscape or the risk landscape keeps evolving, but have we created a system where whenever you talk about the initiatives, the rationalization, prioritization, and anything else that you do, that security becomes the forethought, before you kick off any of such initiatives which will jeopardize citizens' interests
3: I think you're absolutely right. Um, security has to, has to be a forethought, and so um, one of the things that I try to do is um, I talk with our security team whenever we're trying to introduce um, a new technology um, into the into the city um, and not only that we have different um, outside of the, the smart city um, report um, structure we have various um, review boards um, that have to take a look at these different te- types of technology to kind of vet through those security things. So we have this uh, security um, um, board. We also have our um, architecture review board. So all of these various boards have to also take a pass um, at the various technologies that we're trying to um, uh, implement uh, to, to make sure that those security issues or vulnerabilities are addressed up front. Um, and then also just in, in having that included and embedded into the smart city um, um, platform, anyway, um, is, a, is, a, is a very important step to making sure that all of these new devices that's going to be connected is not opening up the city or whatever the case might be to um, these new vulnerabilities.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and let's talk about the stakeholders, the, the leadership and the management which is uh, impacting how a city becomes a smart city or how smarter it gets. In what all ways they need to understand, get educated, or get enlightened in order for them to be able to support in the most effective way? And where are we uh, falling short of that expectation? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
5: The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
0: Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, Then tune in to the Tech Cat Show, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel.
5: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Gall.
1: Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Scott, we are looking at the education that we may have to impart uh, to... The, the stakeholders, the managers, the leaders, the elected officials, because they, of course, may have the best interest in mind, but in sometimes in that whole process of the evolving landscape, whether it's of security or what could be done to make a city smart, um, they may not be able to keep up, and that could prevent or reduce the the effectiveness and the speed of decision making and overall execution. So, what is being done? Who who is responsible for smart city, and who is Uh, going to be doing all this to make sure that there is no stumbling block?
2: Yeah, well, I would say within Denver, I think we're blessed. We've got a very, uh, very... um you know, involved and passionate mayor around this subject. So, so our mayor, Michael Hancock, I, w- I would say it starts there. So the good news is when an initiative is happening, it's rare that um, it doesn't have the right attention or visibility. So I would say intercity, uh, we're very aligned with mayoral initiatives and ultimately what that goal is. And I, and I don't know if this is exactly where you were going with your question, but I thought it was important to kind of weave this into the conversation. Not only Denver, but I was impressed with, Going back to the Smart City Challenge, I had the good fortune to hear the other uh, six cities pitch their thing. I think smart cities can also be this great enabler of how to connect um parts of the city that today uh, may not have the same either access uh, to, there may be a digital divide, uh, there may be uh, traffic and geographic issues in the city, uh, there could be issues, for example, uh, with the education system. So I think Smart City can be this great enabler to areas of the city that, for example, may be uh, in an area of need. And um, But I think a, a couple of points there to your question. One, uh very strong mayor who's very involved and passionate about this subject and I think the other part, you know, weaving in the citizen piece and, and, and the uh, uh, inclusion collaboration, I think not uh, overlooking what smart city, city initiatives can do to uh, bring the whole city together, um, I, I think would be uh, remiss to not bring that into the conversation.
1: So, Scott, while you are blessed, I'm sure there are not many who could say the same. So when we talk about the actual accountability of who is going to deliver smart city, number one, that has to be identified clearly. And secondly, if the person and or group which is supposed to do that, they have to make sure that the stakeholders, which could be elected officials and other government officials who are supposed to, in one form or the other, either validate, approve, or bless it, they are the ones who are proactively enlightened and are educated or brought up to speed, so that they are not slowing down the process. So, what what is what is to be done for those who are not as blessed?
2: Well, well. So, I'll just let, I'll throw out an example, and then I'll, I I would invite uh, Torinato to give. I'm sure they have great examples in their cities as well. But uh, I think one of the things that you know, people need to consider when an initiative or an idea comes into the city, for example, let's say it's ShotSpotter, which is uh, the ability to triangulate gunfire. Well, that's a safety initiative. So what I like to say about technology or my role, I seem to be this intersection that invariably you have to come through to get a solution, you know, uh, designed, implemented, and tested. So although that was driven by safety, you know, it had oversight and participation from the mayor's office, so it had that visibility, but it was driven by safety. You know, homelessness is something we're, t- we're trying to tackle as a region using better analytics and getting people to the right resources. You know, I'm involved from that uh, EDM uh, analytic perspective, but that's not a technology-driven initiative. So I... I think to answer your question, what I would say is you know, when you start to build that collaboration, that potential governance in the city, I think that's a starting point. And then I, I would welcome Otto and, and Tori to uh, give, give some great examples as well.
4: Otto? Uh, this... Oh, well, I got it. Otto, go first. Uh, uh, Otto here. You know, I, I when I get asked something like this, um, I always remind people, look, A city doesn't have unlimited resources. One would not expect it to. Prioritization of what we do, um, unless you've got a mayor or a council that they have made that the cornerstone of what they want to accomplish, um, our initiatives are going to get pushed up against whether it's public safety initiatives, whether it's public works initiatives, or whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, so I think that has an awful lot of influence uh, beyond someone not really getting the concept and seeing the value potentially in these Smarter City um, opportunities. And so I think that, uh, to, to your example, I mean, we use ShotSpotter as well, um, and, uh, but it's really that it's tied to public safety. And when you look at where the money is spent, the two biggest buckets of money being spent in the city, it's public safety, not just police, but fire and health, um, as well as public works. And so, um, you know, smarter city initiatives that align very well to those areas have a better chance Uh, being prioritized in a way where they will actually get executed upon.
3: Sorry? Uh, Yeah, so I definitely agree with um, everything that they said. Um, I think the only other thing that I would add is that it it goes back to communication um, or the outreach and engagement, and not just with citizens, but also to those elective officials, because if they feel a a part of the process, which they should be a part of it as well, and they're informed and well-versed on uh, what the city is looking at doing, um, uh, a lot of times that helps reduce um, um, that that hindrance. So just making sure that you're communicating it well um, to the leadership, throughout the whole city, as well as making sure that the various commissioners, or department heads are in line and on board and giving input to it. Once you have that collective whole from an operational standpoint, uh, supporting it and backing it, um, and then also communicating that over to the elected officials that represent the people, I think that's where you bridge that gap and and it kind of diminish that hindrance or that challenge.
1: So, um, Otto, one final question about the people. Uh, you mentioned initially that you would like to make sure that we, we are, of course, in competition because we don't want the talent to go out because it's anyway limited. So if you were to develop uh, your organization, and, and that could mean technology and non-technology, what would you think should be the makeup or the type of talent that you need to have in these cities so that you can confidently develop the program and execute on it so that your city becomes smarter.
4: Well, most definitely, uh, I want the residents of the city to be as IT savvy and participating in the digital society as much as possible, uh, because I think that leverages those types of technologies that get deployed in, in both our personal and and just. Life in general, um, that people can take advantage of that. Um, As a side note, obviously, in our world, I I would want a a large, rich set of IT expertise among the workforce to potentially draw upon to fill my own organization. And so we have various programs to give, uh, you know, to help people get that expertise, to bring in new people into the IT field. Uh, in order to hopefully not just, uh, potentially come to work for the city, but also be available for the businesses, institutions around the city as well. And so I think that is, is one of the biggest keys for us is the, um, you know, the de- degree to which our residents, um, are into, if you will, the digital society and their comfort level, and how they make use of technology in their own lives at work, Um, that really allows us to have a strong platform to carry out a lot of the smarter city types of initiatives. On
1: behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, all three of you, Otto, Scott, and Tori, for sharing your thoughts on how the different cities can work together, maybe in a cooperation approach versus competition and see if we can all move forward and have better life for the citizens wherever they live. Thank you so much again. Thank, Thank you. you. And listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and also join and enjoy the engagement on LinkedIn Group. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless.